Welcome to the Coast Podcast. I'm Emily, a virtual assistant agency owner who left Amazon in 2019 to build my dream. And I'm Whitney, a freelance writer and communications consultant who never felt at home in a cube farm. We didn't see many people paving their own ways like we decided to, so we created this podcast to talk to others who were brave enough to pick a different path. Creatives, entrepreneurs, people doing their careers and their lives their way. Join us as we learn from them, get inspired, and show you beautiful paths less traveled. Not every road leads to the coast, but the ones that do come with a great view. everyone welcome back to the coast it's been a minute we have been on holiday break and had family things going on so we're excited to be back in the booth sharing with you entrepreneurial creative journeys including our own so I wanted to take this time to start doing some in-betweener episodes little bonuses for you where we can share wisdom, things that we're learning in our businesses, and things that we think might be helpful for you along the way. And you may have noticed if you follow me on Instagram that I recently keynoted my first paid speaking gig, and I learned a lot from the experience. I don't know if they knew that it was my first time. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they couldn't tell because it went very well But in order to get it to go really well, there were certain things that I did to prepare myself for success. And I wanted to share three of those things today. Some of the things that I did well, some of the things that were learnings for me, and ultimately things that will help you on your business and life journey. So let's get into it. I want to keep these relatively short, maybe 20 minutes to share with you these things that we're learning in our businesses that will help you in yours or in conversations with others about their businesses, things I just didn't even consider until I had to. So the first thing with my first paid speaking gig is preparation matters. So I was a kid in school where I over-prepared for every test. If you know me at all, You may or may not be able to guess that I was like that as a hypervigilant child, and I overstudied for everything. So I was always showing up very prepared, wanting to set the curve, wanting to be that kid in class, and by the time I got to college, I became better about not studying too much because I do believe that you can study too much for things. Like there is... There is life and there is learning and then there is also enjoying life and learning and having fun and not having your whole life be, did I get an A++ on this assignment, which is how I used to operate. And that stems from all sorts of things that we don't need to get into here that I'm still unraveling with my therapist and may never know fully. But I wanted to, with that in mind and how after I graduated college, I was like, basically like, fuck higher ed. I don't need to go to more school. It was very odd 
for a person who loved school and was so good at school. Maybe I burned myself out. I love to learn. I'm still very much that person who is in it with learning and deeply, deeply curious, but I didn't see any value for me in the kinds of work that I was interested in to pay to go to more school. So it was like I did my 15 years or whatever it was, 16, and then I was done and I was off to the races and building my life and going to uh, the school of hard knocks, not really, but kind of at some points. So with this presentation, I thought to myself, okay, I want to prepare and I had to create information from scratch. So I had this short deck that I wanted to present to a group of wedding professionals. They wanted me to come in and talk to them about making their bios and about pages magnetic, using magnetic messaging to bring in the right couples, clients, customers into their into their fold, into their businesses. And I was excited to do it. The concept was mostly theirs that they presented to me, and I was excited that they were clearly paying attention to what I do and wanted me to build on that. But at the same time, because I hadn't prepared a talk around it or even thought about like, what is my process for helping clients as they're writing their websites and creating this messaging? What does that look like? Like, what's the science behind the art? And so putting together that deck was an exercise in itself. I wanted it to be simple, impactful, memorable, but also not too long and not too complicated. So I created the deck and then I told myself, okay, the closer you get to this thing, you're going to practice how many times feels right. I didn't want to over practice. I didn't want to overstudy like I used to in school to the point where it's like, I'm going to get an A anyway. What's a 98 versus a 95 or even just giving myself time to let myself marinate on the knowledge that I had gleaned and not studying up until the last second. I didn't like the way that felt in my body anymore. And I knew that about myself still from school. So taking that self-knowledge into this, I do think that I found a nice balance of building the presentation, practicing it a few times. I would say total, I practiced it over a week-long period, maybe half a dozen uh, on the high side, maybe 10 times all the way through, but probably not. I got interrupted multiple times. I would sit and click through my my slides to make sure that they were in my brain, but really standing up and talking through it as if I was in front of the audience was the most helpful thing that I did. And I would say I probably did that about half a dozen times. And then I felt really good and prepared. And what that also did was help me identify holes because as I was talking about something, I, I figured out, oh, I need to add a little bit more information here. It would be helpful to remove this or hide this slide entirely and then reposition it this way. So preparation in the form for a talk of presenting pretending to present was very helpful for me, even though it felt weird and awkward. And I was too, I didn't want any feedback from the people in my life. So I didn't present it in front of anybody that was in my family, not my husband, my friends, anything. I just pretended like I had an audience in front of me and prepared that way. So I found it to be very valuable. And at the same time, I did not over 
prepare because I still wanted to feel like there was an element of casualness and conversation in what I was presenting. So tip number one, preparation matters. Tip number two, I released a lot of shoulds around this particular talk. So the way that they formatted the event was that it started with a happy hour and then dinner and my presentation. I presented while people were eating their dinner and the (laughs) happy hour started at four. They had told me that I would be talking at 530. That all got pushed back an extra hour. So everybody had more time to party. And previous Whitney is a person who would be in walk into the room and think that I needed to participate in the happy hour, like go in and mingle with all of these strangers. And let me tell you, I am not a mingler. I know I sound very mm, personable, maybe. (laughs) And like, I have a lot of friends, which I do, but my relationships are very like deep and long. And, um, Meeting new people is not easy for me, especially in a big group and especially when they're all strangers. So I walked into that happy hour room and was immediately freaked out, wanted to leave and be outside of other people's energy. I'm very open-minded. I know this from my human design too. So I know that I am meant to walk into a room, present information, and then leave. And knowing that about myself was really, really helpful because my personal conditioning around these types of things tells me you should go in and mingle with these people. You should spend your time at this happy hour. And I didn't want my energy fragmented. And I also was just socially anxious with a bunch of new people. There was no social lubrication. I'm not drinking and I wasn't supposed to drink before the event. And I don't believe that we should have to drink to be comfortable anymore. Anyway, there's so many different coping mechanisms that we can have. So I released myself from all of the shoulds around. I should mingle. I should do this or that. I should show up in a different way than I was comfortable with. So I actually took myself up to the banquet room. I had little cards that I had given everybody. So I put those on their tables. And then I just got in my own energy And a cool little aside about that that was really incredible is that on the way to the meeting center, I asked out loud in the car for my dad to show up for me and said, show me an eagle if you are with me and protecting me. Originally, I had asked my mom to come and be in the audience. I thought it would be fun for her to come with me. She wasn't able to because my grandma fell and had to be in the hospital. And so I was on my own and it was such a new big thing for me that I didn't want to feel alone. So I asked my dad for a sign of an eagle, which is what I always assigned to him. And when I walked up into that banquet room, I saw what kind of looked like a superhero logo all around the walls and I noticed it had wings. And so I found somebody who worked at the the building and asked her, kind of sidled up to her and said, oh, I'm just curious 
what is what are those wings on the logo? Hoping that she would say an eagle, and she did. She confirmed that it was eagle wings and told me about the history of the logo. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. And then I looked up and I was alone in this beautiful banquet room. All these wedding planners had put together the most incredible event. It was so beautiful. So it was this space that was already decked out. That was very, it's very old school Seattle. It's meant it was built in the twenties and it's just incredible on its own. Then I looked up in the crown molding. I think that's the right word for it all around the top of the ceiling was made out of eagle feathers. And so I was like, all right, I see you, dad. Like you're here with me in a very big way, just surrounded by eagles. And that helped me not only being alone and being in my own energy and releasing some shoulds around the mingling and the happy hour, but then seeing the amount of like smacking me in the face with eagles. And I didn't know anything. This is a pretty famous building in Seattle. And I never noticed that or knew what their symbol was. So I wasn't setting myself up like, oh, I already know that there's going to be eagles here. I had no clue. So it was really just amazing and immediately stress relieving for me. And being in that state of mind of I don't have to mingle and happy hour with these people who I don't know if I don't want to, and I don't have to feel bad about that. That was really good confirmation of like, you're doing the right thing for you, Whitney. You're up in this room, easing in and, and making sure that this feels good to you energetically and all around. So my advice to you, number two, is release any shoulds around what you should be doing to show up for these people who are asking you to participate in something that's new to you. You don't have to go to their pre-happy hour if you don't feel comfortable. You don't have to spend more time. You don't have to say yes to things that aren't right for you in that sense. And I was really proud of my 30s Whitney as opposed to my 20s Whitney, who very much would have gone into the room because I felt like I would be looked down upon or in trouble or whatever for not participating. And as uncomfortable as it actually did make me because I was like, oh, the whole time, like I should be there. I should get over myself. Um, I stood in my power and I, and in my own energy and in the Eagles. And it was a very helpful and powerful experience in preparing to be in the zone for my talk. So number one, preparation matters. Number two, release any shoulds. Number three. So they asked me, months and months ago, maybe almost a year ago, if I would be the keynote speaker for this event. And one year ago, nine months ago, Whitney gave a number. I charged $250 to be a speaker at this event. And then as you've heard, the preparation, the time that I was there starting at 4 p.m., I didn't get home until about 10. I severely undercharged for this talk, just given the amount of time involved. And I had no idea what to quote somebody. I'd never been offered money to be a speaker before. So my advice to you, figure out fair payment. That's number three. And what feels fair to you at any point in your life, in your career, in that day might be different than what feels fair to me, especially now. Like I would never 
charge $250 again, just knowing what I know now. But I'm also at a point in my business, in my career, where I know that $250 isn't enough for me. That might, you might be wanting to do things for free. That might even make sense for me at this point in my business. But the way, what I learned from doing more research later, asking more people and figuring out like what the right number for me. And it's not going to always be the same for every event either. There's so many dependencies, but what I know for sure is that $250 was not enough for me to be paid for that event. If anything, I would charge way more, um, just given the time preparation things needed from me. So as a recap, Number one, preparation matters. When you are being paid to speak somewhere, prepare, not too much, but just enough so that you feel good and confident and like things are going to run smoothly when you're up on stage as far as like your knowledge of the content that you're sharing. Number two, release any shoulds around what, how you should show up for this group that's paying you to be there. You do not owe them anything unless you signed it in a contract saying you must mingle in happy hour. That's probably not true. In my next iterations, my goal is to do two paid speaking engagements in the next year. I will request time beforehand to just be by myself, whether that's just showing up early enough that I don't have to be in other people's energy and having some sort of holding room where they have me and some water and opportunity to go through my slides or just rolling in when it's time and then mingling after. I know that that's what works for me. And so I have released all of my shoulds around how I should show up for people who are paying me to be a speaker. Unless those things are agreed in advance. And now I know, and I, I know what to ask for, for myself. And I know uh, what's, what they might expect. And again, it's a wild west. Anything is possible. And I don't know what the next one will bring, except that I will not pre-mingle and I will not feel bad. The thing about like pre-mingling was that I felt bad about pre-mingling and I'm not going to feel bad about not doing that in the future. So that's an exciting improvement for me and my self-knowledge. And then number three, figure out fair payments, do your research, ask multiple people what they would charge if it's your first time. Listen to this, take it from me. I don't think any any of us should be charging $250. We should all be charging more than that. And for reference, my talk was about 30 minutes with lots of questions afterwards, the total time commitment was at least, I don't know, 20, 30 hours. So it was a lot of time for me. And I would factor all of those things in when I'm throwing out a number of how I should be compensated for my time, value, expertise, etc. And if you have any requests for these types of talks where you're like, Emily knows a ton about this subject. I'd love to hear a 20 minute episode from her on, on, delegation methods and when's the right time to delegate or hear from Whitney more about magnetic messaging and and the steps involved in it now that I know the science behind my art let us know we're always open to your suggestions we do actually um, post on our Instagram account and now so look for that it's uh, at coast podcast I think and or easy to find so rate us if you get a chance because we would love to have some ratings on Spotify and, and Apple and wherever you consume your podcast. We don't ask for that 
a lot, but as we continue to grow this audience and this platform, we'd love to get more visibility. So we appreciate your listening. Thank you for being here and we'll talk to you next time. This episode edited by Kay Gentry Shu. And music provided by Sloan Best. <laughs>